CapsCorner.com, your source for I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, July the 25th. It is the last Wednesday of July, um, which means that it will soon be August, which means camp opens next Friday. Um, I am not entirely sure yet what uh, sort of access we'll get, but I do believe it will be um, um, pretty solid in, in terms of like what we um, have come to expect the last couple of years, at least. So we will have real football to cover t- soon. Uh, we'll have some, uh, at least some team stuff and, and obviously some, um, some idea of, of depth and um, who, who's where and um, who's doing what, when. So that'll be, that'll be nice to, to get us out of the summer. Um, because, uh, at this point I'm, 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 I'm at least really ready for it. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we had the crew back together. Um, so we figured, uh, we, we better bring those bones back. Otherwise they will quit and I'm gonna be very sad. Uh, up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How are you, my friend? I got no problems, man. Thanks for asking. Wow. Who days on the board at who days on Twitter? Dave was in uh, a foreign land. If, if you could already, <laughs> uh, he went on vacation. Hey, a week in Jamaica with the wife celebrating 10 years. It was, it was a good week. Speaking of bums, right? Uh, up in Arlington, Justin Ferber is also on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. I have not been to any foreign lands. Um, but you just went to Delaware. <laughs> but but Dave definitely just did like a Michael Scott Jamaican yeah he did awakening impression thing. So he that's is. cool. But uh, yeah, it's good. Did. It's good to be needed around here again. Um, after we've been <laughs> relegated to uh to cleanup duty when you don't Clean have a, when you don't when you don't have a more famous guest to bring on. So salty. No, no, so no. It's salty. all good. I honestly, you know, it was good to get a hiatus and, and you know, replenish my thoughts. Replenish. Yeah, get into some good topics. Give the people your Twitter handle so we can move on. Add Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And look at that. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, so, yeah. So, the, so they were – you guys were gone. I talked to Mod. I talked to Barber. Um, there was, uh, I, I don't want to say a lot that has happened since we've all been on this, this year program. Um, but some things have happened. Virginia was picked to finish last in the coastal division, um, in Charlotte, which I guess shouldn't come as a real surprise can, considering, you know, how much we all think m- people around the ACC pay attention to teams not named Clemson. Um, or I guess any of the, the kind of four Carolina squads, um, I was a little bit surprised to not see uh, Alameda Zacchaeus or Joe Reed on the All ACC team, though maybe I shouldn't have been. Um, it 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 certainly. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to argue with any of the people who made it, um, but I just thought that one of those two guys would 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 get a little love. Um, and obviously, one of the things that came out of uh, of Media Day was this sort of beat tech mantra, and I want to get into that first because. Uh, we have talked ad nauseum on this on this program um, over the years about um, you know about the way that Virginia sort of approaches the rivalry and the way that um, Tech sort of approaches the rivalry and how different you know that really is. Um, Dave, you don't have to hold this to you know ninety seconds or whatever. You can you can sort of pontificate as you uh, as you please. But um, how how did how did this sort of strike you once you first saw it? And is this the secret ingredient to toppling the Hokies? Is this is this the way to you know to break through um, that particular um, um, quagmire, so to speak? Like, it, what what did you think of of, of this idea of, the, of being so upfront about how this has to be a goal for the season? 
I mean, I do feel like Mike London's staff was kind of upfront and talked about it. You know, not to this extent. Um, but I think when you when you combine the whole beat tech mantra and breaking the you know breaking the huddles with with beat tech in the in in the workouts, with everything Bronco has talked about this all season in relation to building this program and recruiting, especially like Bronco has said in many interviews that. He's talked about the issues recruiting in state because we haven't beaten Virginia since recruit. I mean, beaten Virginia Tech since recruits were four years old, and to take the next step, you've got to beat them. So, look, I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Um, I believe we all felt, if you look back at the grow years, that he kind of didn't treat it as a big enough game, um, even though he's the last one to beat them. It was just kind of another game to him, and I think as fans we don't want you to say it's another game because it's not. And I was thinking back to the VAF event. Bronco asked the crowd that night, you know, would you rather Virginia go to a bowl game and win or beat tech, you know, and, and not do any of that stuff. And everyone raised their hand for beat tech. So it's, it's a big thing, you know, for, for a lot of us. So I don't think it's going to hurt anything. It's going to get rubbed in your face if you don't do it, but it's going to get rubbed in your face if you lose to them again anyway. So, it's a good focus. I think it's it's something good to get the team through the kind of the dog days of summer and, and a good focus. And I think for the fans, although in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. It does make you feel better, make me feel better as a fan um, that he realizes it and the staff is preaching it and the kids are working towards it. So, and that's really it's just a motivation game when you're dealing with kids that age. Uh, might fire backfire in your face, but you've lost 14 straight, so. Might as well do something. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's really no negative, right? Like, oh, you lose, okay, it's been 15. Like, who, you know what I'm saying? Like, aha, you know, like you, you, you made a good point about sort of being, you know, thrown in your face about it. Like, what, what, like realistically, Virginia loses this game, and the fact that they said they wanted to beat Tech all year is not going to change anything. I do think, and and we talked about this before, right? The idea that like if you this idea of it being, you know, one game at a time, and you know, there it's just another game on our schedule. It's never been that in Blacksburg. You know, and and certainly now that the streak is a thing, you know, those kids want to hold on to it. It becomes a rallying cry for them during the week. It doesn't matter, you know, where they are in their season. Doesn't matter what you know the conditions are. You know, where they are in the bowl situation or whatever. Like they they they, they get up for this specific game. Emotions. That's a big part of college sports, man. Um, I, I'm, you know, I know that that Bronco and and obviously some extent too Tony Bennett are real big in the idea of, you know, trying to take your emotions out of it. And I appreciate that. But I also think that there are times, um, you know, when it's different. I, I talked, um, so I don't know if anybody here who gets it, um, the VAF magazine, Cavalier Corner, not actually affiliated with my, technically with my website, but I write for it uh, in a freelance basis. And I talked to Micah Kaiser for that, um, for the August issue. And one of the things he said that I thought was interesting was talking about the difference between um, the NFL and college. And and he said, you know, one thing that Bronco preaches is hard work and that that's actually a perfect message for somebody to take to the next level, because at that point, nobody cares about team camaraderie. No, you know I mean? It's not, it's not the bigger focus. It's like, you got to make that 53 man roster. Um, and it's survival of fittest. Like everybody's out there trying to get the most for them and their family. And, and, and like, yeah, there's an idea of team in terms of like, once you get into the season, but as you prepare for it, like it's not, and college is just different. Like in college, you are focused on the team and you're focused on things that are, you know, a little bit different maybe, um, than just, you know, this business mentality. Uh, and I think it's good for them to approach it that way. I almost, I'm almost positive. I heard them 
breaking huddles in the spring and say beat tech. But that is the thing that they've decided, um, you know, to do. I think it's the right call. What do you think, Ferbert? How did, how did, how did this sort of strike you um, once you heard it? Did you think it was too gimmicky or did you like it? I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't really think it's going to make like a big difference one way or the other, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think that the way that UVA looks at the rivalry, like you said, is different than the way that Tech has. But I don't necessarily feel like I've never walked out of a, a game recently where they played Tech where I was like, um, the reason they lost today is because Tech was up for this game and they weren't. Um, I mean, every single year of this streak, uh, unless I'm forgetting something, Tech has been a better team than UVA throughout the course of that season. It wasn't like UVA is getting like upset by them um, or you know not showing up for a game that they're expected to win, that sort of thing. Um, at best, they've been, you know, like a toss up, you know, 50, 50 type game here or there. And they've been competitive in a lot of them. Um, they just come up short, but I think that most of those years they just lost to a better team. And yeah, that team was up for the game. Um, I don't think that tech talks about beating UVA all season long. Um, I think it's mostly the week of, and, uh, they have, they, they, the way they look at it, I think is they, they more expect to win and they come in like, we won't be the team that's going to lose this streak and not, um, you know, like this is our whole season right here. I don't think that that's usually the case. I mean, there's been some years where they needed to beat UVA to get to bowl eligibility. Um, and obviously Frank Beamer's last regular season game was, you know, very important to them, I'm sure. Um, and all that. But I, I don't think that, I don't think that we're, if UVA beats Tech and Blacksburg this year, I'm not going to be, it's, I'm not going to say like, it's because, you know, of all this stuff that they did. I mean, once the game starts, it's a game, you know, you have to play the game. So, um, I'm not a total believer in like, it doesn't matter who we play this week. I don't think you just have to be that tone deaf to it. Um, and I do think that a lot of Mike's teams, uh, Mike Lennon's teams were up for the game, at least at the start. Um, you know, they wanted to win. Uh, and I think that that carried over last year to Broncos team. They wanted to win that game. I don't think that they needed to be told that it was a big game. Um, those guys, the seniors had never beaten them. So I think it was important to them. But I think in the back of their mind, maybe they're thinking, you know, if we lose, we, that's, you know, we're expected to lose. I don't think that that's ever an excuse, but um, you eventually kind of like fall into the expectation that you have. And I think Tech's expectation is we don't lose to them. We're not going to lose to them. We're not giving up the trophy. And UVA's expectation is we, we need to do everything we can to win, but we haven't been able to do that yet. All right. I, I don't want to pick a fight. Cause I don't fight. Cause you know, we're, uh, we're above that, but I could not disagree with you more. Like could not like your point about like, you don't think that it's been a, a thing or you don't think that, that like the games have hinged on it. Like, I guess, I guess maybe that part, I don't necessarily totally disagree with, but I do think that the way that they, I, I do think that the way that they handle the emotion of it, I, I think if you go into these games with just a hope of wanting to do it. And even in the past couple of years where Virginia really wanted to break the streak, I just don't think that if you don't, if you don't, if you're not able to manage the emotion of it, if you're not, it, not only are you not cognizant of it, but you're not even harnessing it. Like, no tech doesn't talk about beating them all season, but that week it's a completely different animal and they don't back away from it. Virginia has always, in terms of this streak, Virginia has been skittish. They've been um, the guys during the week. Don't talk about it. They don't, they don't, they don't want to rock any boats. Now, granted when you've lost, you know, 10 or 11 and 12 and 13 in a row to a team, maybe you don't, 
but there's a difference between uh, what they've done and what they at least are doing now, which is the idea that, yeah, this is a measuring stick and it, we're going to, we're not, we're not going to hide from this specific challenge. We're going to be real about it. Like, yeah, we want to go to a bowl game. That was our focus last year. And they did that. Now they, they, they want to go back to a bowl game and win it. And they want to, they want to be tech. I, I firmly believe um, that the emotion of this rivalry and the way that Virginia, the, the coaching staffs and the players have handled it is a direct correlation to the results that they've gotten. I, I don't, I, I don't even know, like, it's so fundamental to me that I don't even know how to explain it. Um, and like, I understand like you're saying, is it like the emotion, it, the way you handle the rivalry isn't going to decide whether or not you get this third and seven, but I think it does play a role in how you react to when you don't get a third and seven or when they stop you from getting a third and seven, or when you aren't able to stop them from getting a third and seven, you feel me? Like, I just think that that emotion and the way you handle it and the way that you, uh, I, I just, I just think that being not just like, not just, not just saying, Hey, we really want to win this game to break the streak. That, that understanding what that means and understanding how to, to kind of harness it. I think some of Mike's teams, especially later on in his tenure, they really hated those guys, but they were not, they didn't have any clue how to take that, that emotion and, 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 and funnel it into something, you know, on the field. Am I wrong, Dave? What do you, what, where do you come down on, on Ferber V Franklin here? No, I mean, I do think there's been a few games in this streak where tech was clearly, you know, clearly more motivated to play. Um, and, but I think the bigger issue for Virginia has always been what they were prior to the game. Like if you think about some of the London games against tech, like we came out and we were super fired up and, but literally, you know, it was kind of out of character for the team being more physical than they normally are doing stuff. They don't normally do to show they're tough, you know, taking dumb penalties, making dumb mistakes because they're playing outside themselves because they're so fired up. While I think Tech, which is a team, especially defensively, that has historically played physical, they just take that up to another level. So they're still playing like themselves. They're just playing meaner. Um, even looking back at last year, if you see in that clip of Quinn like barking with Stroman and the guys on the sideline, like that wasn't Quinn, you know, like drawing the line and all that stuff. That's not him. He was at a different level. He was he was amped for the game, but he was outside of himself. He wasn't thinking about the game. That's not him. So I. I I do think the emotion has been there for both sides. I think Virginia has let that emotion kind of derail them. So I don't know that doing the beat tech thing and focusing on all year will take that away. I think becoming a more physical team so that you play that way and can and can be yourself and exert that kind of physicality on your opponent will eventually change it, which goes back to Justin's point that for the most of the year, most of the last 14 years, tech has been the better squad, the more physical squad. Um, but I do think the one thing we didn't mention, and maybe it's a little bit out there is when you look at the composition of the roster, it's another thing Broncos mentioned, not a lot of, you know, it's not like 75% of our guys are from the state of Virginia. A lot of these guys from outside, they didn't, they don't, they don't know the state of the robbery either. So if you get, you know, if you're just kind of reminding them how big it is for the program, it doesn't hurt. So like I said, I, I don't see any negative of it. Tech's going to come out. And I do still think Tech talks about it all the time. I mean, they tweet out how many days they've had the Commonwealth Cup, like once a week. I mean, you know, you don't have to say beat Virginia when you can throw that stat in their face. So, I mean, I think it goes both ways. And I think hiding behind it and pretending like it doesn't matter to you isn't helping anything. I mean, it's not going to make it feel any better if you lose again. All right, Ferber, give me your, your, uh, I've, I've got myself ensnared in the spider web. 
uh, I'll give you the allow. I'll give you the chance to 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 respond to my uh to my rebuttal to your points. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what you said. I mean, I think that you know emotion is important in a rivalry game. Um, I just don't think that they go in like, all right, just another ACC game. Like, I don't think that they're because that's kind of what your original point was. Like, they just kind of treat it like another game and they don't really get up for it. I don't really think that's the the problem. Um, the problem is it's a combination of tech. I mean, there's two teams playing. Like, I mean, UVA can do what they do and play well and still lose. Um, UVA can play really poorly and still win. I mean, it just, it depends. Um, the other teams out there too, but I don't, I don't disagree with the idea that they need to like be themselves, but just try to be an amped up version of that kind of like what tech does. Um, but I don't, I don't think that like them hearing beat tech all year long when they break the huddle is going to make them suddenly be like, all right, this is important. Like they're not, they like, we're not the only people who know that that's a rivalry game. Like they know, I mean, they hear about it all the time. They interact with fans. They're on Twitter. Um, they see that there's two um, teams in the ACC at, in the same state that play each other at the end. Like they know it's a rivalry game. It's a trophy game. Um, they, they know what's at stake. And, and quite frankly, I mean, emotions or, or, or tactics or whatever, they've just gotten their asses kicked for the last 14 years. Um, some games close, some games not close. I'd put more of that on coaching and team, like, you know, the team that you have and uh, to some degree, uh, a you know, like a belief that you're going to win the game or whatever, than the pure emotion or, or like how bought in they are to winning that game. Um or whatever. I mean, UVA lost to North Carolina like seven times in a row or whatever. I don't think that was psychological. They were just not as good. Um, so, I mean, it, every rivalry is different, and, and we'll see if they'll eventually win one. Um, who knows how long it'll take? I have no idea. Um, but I think when they beat them, it's going to be because they have to make breakthroughs strategically. Because every year it's like, all right, this is the system that, that what they have, you know, it could work with what Bud Foster does on defense or Tech's defense is kind of struggling or they've been inconsistent against the pass or the run or whatever. It doesn't really seem to matter. They just kind of get it done. Um, and I think that speaks to their belief that they can win. Um, but I, I don't – I'm not like banking on them making some emotional reversal that's going to turn this thing around. They need to do it between the lines and with scheme and effort and all that stuff together. I think one thing that, and see, I don't disagree with much of what you just said. I think the place maybe where we do disagree is I do think that you, that when you are, when you, when you face up against something that you know is a, is the thing that matters and you focus on it, I mean, maybe they just say, you know, in the huddle and they have signs, signage around McHugh, but I do think that that is a, that when it causes you to be hungry about a thing, um, and, and you just mentioned effort, you know, like I'm not saying that, that teams that didn't get that didn't focus on Virginia Tech differently, therefore didn't give max effort. But I do think that your effort is impacted by your confidence. And I think your confidence is impacted by your hunger. And when you talk about this thing and there's signs around the McHugh and you're you know talking about it every week, you know, you could be, you know, in a you know on a football field in Bloomington and you break a huddle and say beat tech. Like, I, I do think that 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 has potential to, to be a difference maker. And I mean, think about it like this. Yeah, there have been these te- in this series, in this in this streak, right? There have been games where like Virginia was blown off the field, right? Um, sometimes because Tech was the better team, and sometimes because Virginia could not do anything right. 
including sending two quarterbacks in on alternating plays, which remains one of the craziest things that I've ever actually seen in a football. It was actually three because Connor Brewer got in there a little bit. That's true. That's true. Um, God, I just want to put that whole day behind me anyway. Um, but I do think that there were a handful of these games that were tight. And I think that when you, when you face up to something and you own it the way that they're owning this, um, I do think that helps you deal with lemon booty. I think that that helps you deal with when those situations get tight, because instead of being, being complacent, not being complacent, instead of being passive, you're going to be aggressive. I really honestly believe that. I think it's a, um, it's a small, you know, thing, but I do think it matters. And I think in those moments, um, the team that is hungry or the team that is up for it, um, that, that didn't go all week, making sure they didn't say anything, you know, that, that, that rocked the boat. And I'm saying that as somebody who sat, I've sat in the media room at JPJ and had current players who were waiting to go up on the podium and joked with them about the things that they wouldn't say publicly because they didn't want to rock the boat like that. They, that's definitely been a thing. And that in of itself tells me every tells me a lot, which it, no, 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 sh- no shade to them, but just in terms of like how the program handles it. I, I, I honestly, like I'm one of these people that will tell you like, look, if, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it's broke, do everything you can. At least they're doing something different, right? At least they're, they're approaching it differently because clearly the last, you know, 14 times they tried it and it, it, it worked. Um, so in, 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 at least in that way, right. You're doing something different. Uh, maybe you can expect different results. Um, but I, like I said, I think it's, I, I think it's definitely the right call. Even if it blows up in their face, I think it's the right call and they should do it until they break the streak. And honestly, I think they should keep it like the, the college sports to me is just, a, is different. Um, you can't, you're not going to be business like mentality with teenagers. Um, it's even even if some of them are going on Mormon missions and you're coming back as older dudes like you're just not. And today's point earlier, I, I think that's actually really spot on the idea that like a lot of these guys who are on the roster now didn't grow up here. They didn't grow up with this rivalry. They 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 know it once they get there. But like young kids who are from, you know, Georgia or kids from New Jersey or kids from, you know, out west somewhere like what do they care? You know, but all it takes is that that first interaction, that first game week. All right. And then they get it. Um, and, and I think that the team being more cognizant of this rivalry and talking about it makes it a bigger deal to them. So in essence, I think one of the things that this actually does is it makes a it makes the rivalry uh, more real to those who have not seen it in person, who haven't lived in Virginia high schools, who haven't, you know, had friends who went to tech who then turned into jerks because, you know, they didn't get along <laughs> anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do yeah. think that that's actually a positive. Yeah, and I think you know, not not to be Mister Cynical here, but it doesn't hurt like when you're trying to raise money to better your football program. It doesn't hurt when you've lost 14 in a row to your to your rival to make it known clear that this is what we're building for. Like, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier for Carla and Bronco to get out there and try to raise money for the new yeah. the new center. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I mean, like they they could say like we get it, you know, like we're yeah. not unaware of yeah. this. And that's I don't have a problem with them doing it. Like it's not like I'm against it or anything. But it doesn't um, change much. You think about you know, Navy yeah. beat Army 14 times in a row, right? I mean, Army's every year go Army beat Navy. I mean, they do it every year. It's what they do. And I don't. Yeah. And and why do you think Army lost to Navy? You think it was you think it was emotion <laughs> because they were definitely the worst team in all of those games. Yeah, they were. And then they changed their changed what they do. They're more physical. Then they got better. Getting better sometimes, you know, it's a hell of a drug. All right. Um, elsewhere, aside from just the, the beat tech stuff, uh, what were some of your other takeaways from 
um, from ACC kickoff last week. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. Uh, what sort of, I don't know, storylines emerged or, or things for you to key on other than Larry Fedora is a crazy person? Yeah, f- the Fedora stuff literally like was mind blowing. So I don't want to, I don't want to go into it, but I mean, T- talk about not wanting to rock any boats. Good Lord. I mean, UNC's got to get their crap together down there. You talk about it, like, you understand how much, when you think about how much stuff has fallen in UNC's lap of their own doing in the past few years, and I think back to I always considered UNC kind of a, you know, I don't, don't want to say equal because I'm a Virginia guy, but, you know, a fine institution. And I can't imagine a Virginia coach saying that and not just getting whatever. Um, so yeah, that was that's number one. I mean, that stuff is mind-boggling. If it, I had a parent, you know, if I was a parent of a kid thinking about playing for a guy like that, I'd really question it. Um, Clemson's good. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that kind of came out of you know. You know, Clemson's good, and you start looking at their players and all the ACC votes they got, and that's crazy. Um, you know, I'm not surprised to see Virginia pick to finish last. I, I think. I wasn't expecting it to be as dramatically different between, I thought Carolina and Virginia would kind of even out. Um, I mean, they were still considerably ahead and someone evidently thinks Carolina is going to win the coastal. Um, if that happens, then I, I guess I think Virginia could outside win it. So, <laughs> I mean, nothing surprising, you know, Virginia's got a lot of work to do to, you know, and to kind of earn, earn the respect and, you know, given, given what they lost, you know, it's un- it's it's understandable, but at least they weren't dead last in all the ACC. They got more votes than Syracuse this year. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out who voted Tech to win the ACC championship. I mean, only 16 people thought they were good enough to win the Coastal, but one of those 16 thought they were good enough to beat Clemson or Florida State. Somebody picked Carolina to win the Coastal. And yeah, they, they finished. They finished next to UV. Like, I, I think the thing about the the voting for me was not necessarily just like where UVA was, but that it was so predictable, you know? Um, and I, and it's funny because like, I've done a handful of radio um, appearances on various like non like in-state spots. Right. Because this is the time of season where, you know, folks are having you, you know, they're running through like um, the, a, a team schedule. And so they'll have somebody from each team on. And it's just funny to me, like how focused um, seems like everybody is on um well, yeah, yeah, last year Virginia exceeded expectations, but they can't do it again. You know, like it's very it's very interesting to me that like the results last year uh were such that it didn't it didn't change anybody's opinion. Now, granted, you're you're trying to replace your your two-year starter. Um you're trying to replace your all-time leading tackler. You're trying to pl- replace also the guy who led the ACC in tackles the last three years and also your best pass rusher guy who created, you know, more chaos even if necessarily he didn't have as many you know the most sacks on the team i get that those are all like bona fide things but like i guess i look at it from the standpoint of um virginia has a lot of uh a lot of answers to those question marks the one you know if 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 these folks gave me okay well what are they going to do in the offensive and defensive line i'm like okay well now you're paying attention because that's really the, the crux i mean um, but I understand that the way this thing works is like we is that these stories always focus on regional or even conference based conversations, but but you're never going to get any nuance in that. Like honestly, like that's a reason why a lot of our preseason stuff doesn't focus on the league 
because I don't watch Boston College. I don't watch NC State. I watch Virginia, and Virginia is the team I can talk about. Now, if we want to scout another team, you know, because Virginia's getting ready to play them, okay, yes, but then that's when you focus on, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you to to make like overarching um, stuff about the entire league or the entire division is tough because we don't keep up with all the storylines. You know, I, I read, I read these, these, these previews and you, you see these, these folks referencing people who don't, who aren't playing that position or so-and-so that's not here anymore or get names of kids wrong. And I'm like, what did you even do? Like, what, what, what were you doing? Uh, it just, it always underscores for me just how non, um, not like how much of an untrustworthy narrator a lot of these folks are when it comes to schools that they don't cover or watch. And let's be honest, nobody last year was going to be watching UVA except for the, the, the people in, in media who were covering the team that UVA was playing. Um, what do you think for any, what were some of the things that sort of stood out to you from, uh, from media day outside of the whole beat tech thing? Yeah. I mean, just going back to your last point, um, you pretty much nailed it. Um, I've mentioned it a few times on here before, but UVA fans just should not expect, and this is true for all college teams, but particularly one of UVA's caliber right now, um, they shouldn't expect people to know as much about the team as we do um, as fans or, or people that are closer to the program. We just, we've seen more. We know the players. We understand what's going on. We're, we're around the team on a weekly basis. You know, we're just going to have more insight into, into that world, but you know, the reason that UVA gets picked where they get picked is because, you know, just like you said, they lose Quinn, they lose Micah, they lose Kurt. You know, it just on paper, it looks like it's a lot. Um, in reality, they might have some solutions, but those solutions are unknowns. Um, I don't expect people to know a lot about Bryce Perkins at this point. He hasn't done anything in his career. I mean, he's had a, he had a good junior college season last year, but people don't really pay attention to that. I mean, a lot of JUCO players have you know, come and gone through the college ranks without making much of an impact. Uh, I think Bryce will actually do pretty well, um, but th- I don't expect people to know that. Um, but, you know, I think UVA will probably continue to be picked where they get picked until they show some sustained not finishing in the basement behavior, um, which I think they can do. Uh, and then also bring back some of those guys that got you there. So like, let's say this year they finish seven and five. Um, and then obviously Bryce would be back. Um, a lot of other guys would be back uh, on the defense. You would actually make a case for them to be better. Um, but I think the fact that they lost the guys that they lost is probably why people don't really think they're going to get back there. So besides that, I just think um, – I thought it was interesting that UVA didn't really have anyone on the uh, ACC team. I don't think that's happened in a long time. I forget. I don't want to get the year wrong, but I think it's been almost a decade or so um, since they didn't have somebody on the first team. Even when people thought they would be bad, I mean, they always had somebody on the first team. So – um, I, I, if you look through the positions, it might be kind of hard to find someone. Um, I think Alameda Zacchaeus is an all ACC caliber player. I think he's the best player on the team. Um, probably. So, I mean, I think that was a little surprising, but then you have to look at the guys who, who got it in front of them and there's some big name guys from bigger name schools. So I, I totally understand that, but, uh, the voting and everything pretty much shook out the way that, that I thought it would. Yeah, you want to have Clemson's defensive line, that's for sure. Also, one other thing, it's just kind of uh, the ACC player of the year this year. I mean, in the last few years, it's been a heavy favorite going into the season. You had Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson last year. Um, before that, I think there was another quarterback that is slipping my mind, um, like a big-name quarterback or something. 
Um, that was like, you know, the unanimous choice pretty was much. Ma- was, was Marquise Williams when he was I mean, Carolina? I, maybe, yeah. I mean, and then you had Jameis in there. He came yeah. back after he won the Heisman. Uh, so that's what I mean. There's a lot of ones where it's like, well, that's the guy. No brainer. Or like Dalvin Cook or whoever. Um, this year, it's just wide open. I mean, there's no truly dominant player in the ACC on the offensive side of the ball. A.J. Dillon, I think, you know, that makes sense. Um, the quarterbacks this year, um, kind of a group of, I don't want to say unknowns, but there's a lot of guys that are gone. I mean, Lamar Jackson is gone. Um, Kurt Bankert is gone, obviously. Clemson's situation is kind of all over the place, um, even though they bring a guy back. Um yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting year around the league to see. And, and Florida State has a quarterback controversy sort of thing going on. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But it sounds like it could be a pretty wide open year on the coastal side. And then the Atlantic will probably end up being, you know, Clemson and, and a bunch of other schools fighting for second. I'm glad you said that. I, I think I was going to bring that up on the coastal side. I think we're maybe I'm guilty of it as a Virginia fan, focusing so much on tech and, you know, not wanting them to succeed if we're not. Miami is going to be a problem, man. I mean, unless Mark Richt is what the the coach that the Georgia fans thought he was at the end of his career, not able to win the big game, blah, 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 they're going to run away with the Coastal for a while. And you look at what the talent they've got, and you start looking at what he's got coming in for next year, what he already has committed for the year after that. If if Rick is a good coach, they're going to they're gonna be a problem. They're going to be the Clemson in the, of the Coastal. So it's always going to be – Miami and then the other four, you know, or five behind yeah. them. So I should clarify what I meant. I meant wide open for UVA to not finish last, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> not I, I, wide open to be one. <laughs> like, but yeah, because I, I was thinking like the rest of the teams, like you could put them pretty much put them in any order. But if Miami's not at the top, that's kind of weird. Um, I get why some people might. Have, I think Georgia Tech got some votes too, right, for first in the coastal. Um, maybe not. I don't have it in front of me. Um, Duke it's always one, kind of a Carolina movie. got one. Yeah, the coastal's Duke. Yeah, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> the coast, yeah, the coastal voting's always weird like that. There's always like a, a little bit of a splinter, but I think you're right. I think Miami could definitely you know establish themselves as you know the the basically Tech's replacement in the coastal as the top team. Um, I think Tech will still be competitive, and Georgia Tech is always up and down, and and UVA is trying to get there. So it'll be interesting to see how things go over the next few years. Yeah, Duke got one. Carolina got one. Georgia Tech got eight. Tech got 16, and then Tech got the one ACC championship. Are we in a situation? Hold on. Let me me ask this question first. Yeah, no, you're in a situation where we've got like an Atlantic coastal, you know, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, the NBA situation going on. Because, like, I look at the Atlantic and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of firepower. And look at the coastal and I'm like, oh, man, this looks, you know, this looks like the Cleveland Cavaliers and a bunch of nobodies. Like, kind of. I mean, that, that's what it feels like. I think it's been like that, though. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. two years ago. It was like Lamar Jackson and Louisville, Clemson, Florida State, um, and NC State were all good. And then it was like Wake got to a bowl, and Boston College, I think, got to a bowl. So they had some, but then the Coastal was like nobody was good. <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, Tech had the first one day year where they went like ten and two or whatever. But um, I mean, like I don't think that they were nearly on the same. Like playing, I mean, they didn't get blown out in the ACC championship game, but Clemson won the national title that year. Tech played the belt bowl, I think. So, I mean, it's not <laughs> not good, exactly the same. 
That's yeah, good. I mean, Clemson's just such a favorite in the. I mean, Clemson's a bigger favorite in the yeah. Atlantic than Miami is in the Coastal. So I honestly think the Atlantic might be a little weaker this year than they normally are, um, because NC State lost a lot of dudes. Um, Louisville, like we have no idea what they're going to be. I mean, Lamar Jackson's carrying. Them. Doesn't Louisville have like train wreck potential though? Like, yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. Like, especially I could totally when you think of that them, defense. Yes, I could yeah. see them plummeting so hard. Yeah, if the dude, I think it's Juwan Pass is replacing Lamar Jackson. He yeah. could be decent. He was a pretty highly rated recruit, but if he's not, they could be like four and eight for sure. I like, and the then Coastal. Boston College is kind of like you know what you're getting. They're going to be solid, but probably not great. And then Wake is kind of the they play completely different than Boston College, but they're the same. Like they, you know, not they don't have the talent to really compete right. at the high end. I will say this: I, I feel like. In the in the coastal, I, I agree. It's it's Miami and everybody else. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm always a little hesitant to say Georgia Tech isn't going to be good because uh, Paul Johnson just has a tendency to um to make me look look, look stupid, whether it's <laughs> the for the good or the bad. You know what I mean? Um, but and I and I have no idea after the the off season Tech has had uh, what to make of them. Um, they do a pretty good job of most years of you know righting the ship. Um, I, I, I just don't, I just honestly, I don't know what to expect from, from the Hokies, uh, man, Carolina, Duke, Virginia. Like, I mean, I know on paper, Duke has a lot of experience back. I, I don't know if I trust Justin's boy, uh, Jones. Um, I, I just don't know. Like, uh, my boy. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you went off on this whole thing. You, you basically dogged him. Like now I'm going to go, I'm going to go back the other way this year and say, he's going to be good. He's going to be good again. Um, <laughs> back when everybody said he was good, Ferber was all like, why does everybody say he's good? And then he like went out there and threw seven interceptions and Ferber was like, see, I told you he's not good. Um, but no, I just feel like the coastal, I don't want to say it's a, it's a, it's an open race. Cause it's not, cause Miami is super talented. And, and I, and I do believe Mark Rick is going to have him uh, back in the ACC title game, but like, man, what in the world? Like, what are you supposed to make of the rest of the coastal? Um, it, it's just a bunch of dudes. Um, and, yeah, and, Virginia and, I, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, I, the only reason tech's getting first place votes is, is reputation to me. Cause I mean, if you want to talk about teams, not, you know, Virginia, not getting the benefit of the doubt for not returning three guys, tech's losing what eight starters on defense um, and replacing them with dudes who have zero experience essentially. Um, but they're they're still picked to finish second in the coastal. So I don't know. Tech Tech is a, a confusing team for me this year. If if they weren't a rival, I'd be really down on them. Um, just because they've burned me for 14 years, I'll figure they'll right the ship. I still think it's very odd that, that Jackson was a representative for them at the at media day after literally waiting until the. 12th hour to find out if he was be eligible to play. Yeah. Maybe they had more confidence in it. Uh, it's because there's nobody else. Left the that was one thing too. Like at that point, like if he had been like, once they knew he was good, like what, you know, I guess what negative was there. And then two, like who else was going to go? Um, yeah, who else are you taking? You know, like, hey, <laughs> I mean, well, no, it's, it's funny too, because like, look, you're right. Tech gets the benefit of the doubt. And you know what, when you've been as routinely successful in the coastal as they have been, like you, you get that benefit, but like this staff, have they, because how many people are now still on the staff in Blacksburg from, from Beamer's staff? Like, well, I know they lost one defensive coordinator. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, like they lost, they have bud and they have like, maybe two other guys, you know? So like, I'm not saying that like the, all of a sudden they, they like the program yeah. all of a sudden, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, 
benefit of the doubt just because of the name on the jersey. Like that sounds like some Carolina basketball stuff. Oh yeah, by the way, they still got Roy Williams. You know, like I'm not I'm certainly never going to doubt Bud Foster. And quite frankly, he might be about to put on his best coaching job to date, given all the talent he lost and also the stuff with, you know, the Alexander kid and then um Moog Reynolds and um and then the kid they got that blew out his Achilles uh, whose name escapes me. Like if they're able to be like regular Virginia Tech this year, I mean, dude, what do you, what, do you, what can you do? Like that that would be easily I think uh, Bud's uh, best coaching job. But at the same time, like there's a lot more that has to go into beating Miami and getting, you know what I'm saying? Like consistency, I think is going to be hard for them this year because they just don't have as much experience to sort of fall back on. Yeah. And they got um, a pretty tough schedule too. I mean, they, yeah. they got Florida state Notre Dame. Well, that's the thing too. Like Florida state I, I, is such an, is going to be such an interesting case to me because yeah. like it's clear from everything that's happened since Jimbo left. And the fact that Jimbo left at all, that, that whatever worked for them early on in his tenure there just did not work. And then it, it got toxic, like in a hurry. And sometimes when you do that, I mean, look, Florida state's been getting dudes like, like they've been getting talented kids. The talented kids just haven't been performing. They haven't been coached up. They haven't, you know, they haven't lived up to the expectations. Like Willie Taggart's pretty good at this man. And Willie Taggart is going to keep getting kids. So they might not necessarily be all that great this year, but dude, they're going to be back in a hurry. Um, I, I think between you know market Miami and 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 Willie and Tallahassee, like, I mean, Dan Mullen better kill it in Gainesville. That's all I'm saying, because, dude, those two those two programs are going to clean up uh, in the in the state of Florida and certainly you know in their respective um, divisions. I, I just I, I I think that 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 Willie Taggart thing is going to be really fascinating to watch sort of unfold. Um, not just this year, but over the next few. Um, any other, um, I guess, last last thoughts on media day and kind of where we are in the calendar with, uh, you know, with with fall camp getting ready to start next week. Just ready to get started. <laughs> ready to ready to not write countdown to camp articles. Um, although I, I do I do enjoy talking about actual football instead of like you know, um, you know, figuring out like gimmicky stuff to talk about during the summer. Um, I'm almost out of the darkness of the off season, um, which well, if we open with Richmond. What bad can happen? Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is that like part of that, the Kevlar corner uh, article I wrote, uh, you know, it asked me you know, one of the, the, the way it's set up is like your five, like the five most important games. And, and I, you know, Richmond was the first one cause it's, you know, in chronological order. And I, and I, and I made that reference, like, you know, two years ago, nobody expected them to manhandle UVA the way they did. Um, so how that, how, you know, perfect time to break out a new offense against, uh, you know, a real team again. Um, you know, I, I it's going to be, it's going to be interesting if they lose that game. I might, I, I might actually throw up the, um, the yeah. under, under, uh, under construction sign on the website. I just don't think I can live through it again. After after Charlotte, we might if, if they lose to if they lose to Richmond again, we have to do an emergency podcast. <laughs> do an emergency podcast. You know what's funny is uh, somebody I forget somebody on the other day on the board I had said something about there were some nuggets about two UVA basketball targets or something. Somebody said something about you know they expect them to be good news, and I'm like, dude, if it was if all I posted was good news, I was like, there were several football seasons I would not have done any work. Like, I can't, let let's not go back there. 
Um, well, that's what I'm. I remember that Boise State game and at night, and we were sitting there like, we got to start looking at coaching candidates. <laughs> like, like, we got nothing to do with this game now. We got to figure out who the coach is going to be, and we we weren't even close. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, well, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. As always, want to thank uh, Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time on their now, um, I guess, post vacation, uh, uh, week night, um because Ferber didn't mention it, but he went on vacation too. Um, he just, I don't know why you went to Delaware. I don't, uh, and I guess I need to ask you, ask you about that off air. We're in Delaware. <laughs> With, uh, uh, if you are somebody who has found the web, the, found the podcast uh, through the website, please feel free to give us a, a review. That always helps folks not just only find the podcast, but also find the site. And if you're somebody who has found the pod, but has not checked us out, uh, give us a look at catscorner.com. Uh, like I said, we're rolling out, Countdown to camp articles by Ferber and myself. Uh, Dave is a freelancer who who just comes on the podcast. Um, and obviously, too, it's it's prime basketball recruiting season. So um, there are lots of places where you can jump on and yell at me um, because I didn't uh, phrase something correctly or I said somebody got an offer and I didn't say whether it was Henry Coleman or not. Um, so anyway, give us a look at the website. But again, thanks to uh, Dave and Ferber for being on the show. And thanks to everybody out there for continuing to support the program. Uh, for David Spitz and Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.